0: everybody you're now at your favorite stop for all things sports politics and culture it's the wake up and win podcast with devon Pouncy, a production of that cast network hey now say now you're tuned into the wake up and win podcast and i am your host devon Pouncy. we are here in Win beaverton right tone hey, <laughs> We are in the city of Beaverton, Oregon, right now. We are not at the Living the Dream Studios. You don't need to insinuate anything because of that. Um, we just—it was just easier for me to record here in Beaverton today rather than co- recording in Portland. Got some errands to run, things to do. I'm here in the area. Plus, D Boy is not here today. D Boy is somewhere planning snow. I guess um, he decided to go up to Mount Hood this week and enjoy a good time out there. So kudos to him for being able to go and do that. But I am still right here, and I need to get the job done and record. So we here at my guy, Tones, recording. And, uh, yeah, so we're in the beautiful city of Beaverton, Oregon, rather than Portland, Oregon, per usual. But um, as I mentioned, I'm Devon Pouncy. For those of you that do not know me or have not listened to this podcast, for those of you that do know me and listen to this podcast, keep listening, keep streaming, tell a friend to tell a friend all that good stuff. But we got plenty of content that we are definitely going to dish out here today. Obviously, the coronavirus is going to be a huge a huge subject here today, being that it is spreading like a wildfire, I guess. Uh, I don't know if we're panicking. I don't know if we're right on pace and right on track doing what, is it, what it is that we need to do to try to prevent this thing from getting worse and spreading even more. But We're here. We're dealing with it. So we'll definitely touch on that. Um, I want to touch on that Megan Thee Stallion and 1501 records contract dispute. Um, It's been public for probably about a week or so now, but I didn't get to touch on it last week when everything kind of came out and about and got hot. But I'm kind of glad that I didn't because I got to see things play out a little bit more over time. Like I know we're in this age, and this era right now where. We want to hear the current news. We want to hear what's hot or what's fresh off the press. We want to kind of have this fast paced news cycle and we want to try to be the first to break everything or the first to discuss a particular topic. But over this week, I've got to hear more of Megan speak. I've got to hear Carl Crawford speak. I've gotten to hear. Um, i gotten to hear everybody just Jay Prince. I got to hear Jay Prince speak on the subject. So. Just a few things I want to break down there in regards to Megan Thee Stallion. Plus, y'all know I DJ, so I got a pretty good musical interest myself. Um, And yeah, we got a few more things that we will touch and discover, I mean, and discuss here on today's episode. But a few quick announcements before we get into this entire coronavirus pandemic. Um, Tonight, actually, Friday the 13th, I will be at Export in Portland, Oregon. I'm not letting the coronavirus mess up the vibes. We got to go party on the rooftop here tonight. I will be DJing. So if you hear it before then, cool. Come on out tonight. If you don't hear it before then, it is what it is. Maybe this won't even be released before then, but (laughs) we shall see because I got to go spend there in a few hours. Um, But we'll try to get it out to you beforehand. Um, I won't be back up there until the 28th of this month. So, I was there last Friday. I'm there again tonight. Won't be back until the 28th, but in between time, the 20th and the 21st, um, which is next weekend, I'll be DJing with Orange Theory Fitness. Some of you may or may not know what Orange Theory Fitness is. Um, It's a great gym. Um, It's more of a class or session-based gym. Um, They give you a lot of scientific feedback and results so that you can be as successful as you possibly can be, and it's really based on where you are and not necessarily you trying to keep up with the Joneses and look the, good, look the best as a somebody that's coming in there and working out or trying to keep up with the guy that's been working out for two or three years and eating the best, and you're just now getting back in the gym. It's none of that, and I think that part is pretty cool, but um, I'm partnering up with Orange Theory Fitness in Tualatin, Shout out to the good people over there. And I'll be spending there once a month at least, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. So if you want to come hear me spin while you get your workout on, hey, go sign up, get you a membership over there. I'll also be spending at Orange Theory Fitness in Hillsboro next weekend. That just came about within the last couple of days. So I really don't know what to expect for that or kind of what it is that they want me to do. I've been working a lot closer with the OTF Tualatin crew because... That's who kind of got me in there with Orange Terry Fitness. But any, either way, you want to get in shape, get your good workout on and be in a session based field or a session based uh, studio rather than kind of doing your own thing. Not really pushing yourself, letting yourself be the motivation rather than others surrounding you or a teacher or a coach or a trainer being there with you to give you that push. Come on down to OTF. So I'll be there next weekend. Tualatin next Friday, the 20th, and Orange Theory, Hillsboro next Saturday. Um, That's about it on the announcements. I do got to give a quick shout-out to Portland State University and Pacific University. Obviously, basketball season, when it (laughs) comes to college, is over. No more March Madness, thanks, coronavirus. No conference tournament, thanks, coronavirus. I was already done with Pacific a couple weeks ago um, with their men and their women's team. I was a play-by-play guy for my alma mater this year. Congratulations to the women making it to the playoffs this year. It's been a really long time since the women's program was able to do that, and that women's program really, really has a bright future. Um Pretty much all of their players are coming back next year, especially their best players, which obviously helps. So they should be really good next year. They got a good group of freshmen that really came out and was very impactful this year. So I'm expecting them to really be good for quite a while on the women's side. On the men's side, shout out to Coach Lunt. Um, They still, you know, are coming along. You know what I mean? This is his second year coaching at Pacific, so... Definitely is still making his mark and kind of putting his imprint on the basketball program there. And it's going to take some time to be able to do that. So I believe he'll make it happen. And they got a bright future as well. He really good coach, a unique style of play. Um, but they go out there and they put up a whole lot of points, I'll tell you that much. So it could be appealing and attractive to some of these young offensive juggernauts that need a place to go play and really want to go and get buckets and run a lot (laughs) Um, so yeah I think it's still a really good system for a specific type of player to play in to go run get buckets get up and down pressure defensively play a pretty fun style of basketball very high scoring style of basketball as well Um, and then Portland State uh, had a great run at Portland State this year so unfortunate that they were not able to play in their Big Sky conference tournament game got cancelled morning of yesterday when they would have played Montana State I was on KGW earlier in the week some of you may have seen it on Instagram if you have not go check out my IGTV but I was able to go up to KGW and kind of talk about that hot six game win streak that the Vikes were on closing out the season it was the first time they've been on a win streak like that since 2009 so they hadn't been that hot in quite a while but they were definitely rolling into the month month of March Uh, with some steam on them, and then they were really excited to get out there and try to get an automatic bid to the big dance. Had they been able to win that tournament, they would have done so. They were able to clinch a bye in the first round game, was supposed to meet Montana State in the quarterfinal game, a team which they had beaten both times that they played, and then just, you know, try to roll that into a semifinal game and ultimately a Big Sky Championship game. So, unfortunately, with this virus They were not able to get out there and do their thing, but a great season. Coach Barry Perry and his staff do a really good job with that program. I'm looking forward to the future of the program. Next season will be their star point guard, Holland Boo Boo Woods, senior year. So I would imagine he's going to go out with a bang because he has done nothing but excel and gotten better each year that he's been playing with the Vikes. So, like I said, next year I'm expecting – not even more of the same, but just a better version of the guy because that's sort of what I've gotten accustomed to since I've been watching him play and calling the basketball games up there. And they had a really good group of seniors that left out as well. It was six seniors. I'm not going to sit here and name all of them. I'll be honest with you. But they were really good players. And usually when you got six seniors that play on your squad, maybe three or four of them are actually rotation guys. On this particular team, all six of them were rotation guys, and I think that played a huge role in why they were able to turn it up during the most important part of the season, which is going into the month of March. So just really unfortunate that things fell apart nationally nationally on the college basketball circuit. So much promise coming out of the state of Oregon, like I mentioned, with Portland State, which is who I covered, but even thinking about the University of Oregon's of the world, Sabrina Inescu, She'll be cheated from being able to play for a national championship. Peyton Pritchard, what a senior campaign that dude had for the men's squad over there. Probably would have been able to compete for a final four at minimum as well. So, I mean, obviously we know upsets can happen in the tournament, but those were two programs that were really, really rolling and repping the ducks hard. Oregon state's women, they always come out and give it a good run late into the postseason. So, there's just a lot of promising basketball coming right here out of the state of Oregon on the college circuit that we just will never know, unfortunately, what the full potential of those teams truly could have been. But they all had great seasons nonetheless. But now let's take it all the way in with this coronavirus stuff, because um, and I'll just talk about it from a few different perspectives um, that are obviously my interest. College basketball NBA basketball, homelessness. Many of you know the work that I do with the vendor program over at Street Roots. So I'll definitely cover those three things in regards to how it ties into this coronavirus and the madness that is taking place here in society right now because of it. And I want to start on college basketball. I think it's easy to just segue into that because I just talked about the college basketball circuit here in the state of Oregon and ultimately as I mentioned before when I talk about my interests beyond just being interested in college basketball as a whole because we know the corruption of the NCAA and we've spoken about into that corruption here on this podcast time and again so I don't want to sit here and dwell on How corrupt they are, nor do I want to sit here and dwell on the fact that the NCAA is losing out on money this year or the NCAA is making the right decision by canceling the NCAA tournament because they didn't do anything but follow the most forward thinking and progressive league, which is the NBA. The NBA made the right decision. And most other sport organizations, sport entities followed the NBA. And that's not to necessarily give the NBA too much praise for making the right decision because there's a guy by the name of Rudy Gobert who we'll talk about later on in the Take and L segment who kind of got things started on behalf of the NBA and forced their hand in having to shut down and suspend the season essentially. But we'll get to that guy a little later on. But when it comes back to college basketball, One of my interests when it comes to just sports in general has always been to be an advocate of the player and or the athlete. Um, If some of you think back to when Colin Kaepernick was doing all the protesting and we as a society, the culture especially, we're trying to figure out as supporters of Colin Kaepernick, do we a boycott the NFL, not watch any more games, not attend any more games, not buy any more NFL merchandise or do we just kind of ride out, continue watching, and maybe people can question our true support of Colin Kaepernick in that manner because we aren't deciding to boycott and we aren't deciding to keep our money out of the league's bottom line, essentially. But one reason that I always said that I would not boycott the NFL, although I was a true supporter of Colin Kaepernick and what it is that he did, what he stood for, et cetera, et cetera was because I had too much interest in all of the other players and athletes that were playing in that predominantly black league. Now, with that being said, I had guys that I grew up with, graduated school, I graduated high school with, that were playing in the NFL. Like I mentioned, I'm obviously a big sports fan in general. Um, many of these guys that are in the NFL, I can relate to their stories. I can relate to what it is that they were able to do to ultimately succeed and live out their dream in one way or another. Um, I can relate to the background and the communities that they come from. And I could also relate to their activism or their advocacy or whatever it is that they did within the sphere of the NFL. So although Colin Kaepernick was blackballed out out of the NFL and I didn't appreciate that, I wasn't going to stay away from the NFL because I did want to still support the athletes that were trying to make a change one way or another that still had to play in that league to do so. I understand their story. I understand why they would have to do that. And so I just wasn't the guy that was going to run from them just to run with Kaepernick. I felt like I could be my own thinker and support both the athletes that did still play in the NFL, but still We're trying to make certain types of changes in one way or another. And also Colin Kaepernick who got blackballed. I was willing to criticize the NFL while watching them at the same time, but that was just me. But looping that back to college basketball, boy, do I feel bad for these athletes that aren't going to get the opportunity to showcase themselves on the biggest possible platform that they could have to ultimately become a professional one day. Obviously, obviously, You'll first think about the seniors who are going to be forced to try to play professional basketball next year because they no longer have college basketball eligibility to be able to look forward to another season with their respected universities to try and come back next year and make it to the national tournament or come back next year and try to put on in the Big Sky tournament. But even beyond just the seniors, the juniors, the players who are looking to leave, the, uh, to leave college early and go to the draft, even the players that may not necessarily be looking to leave college early and not return to their college after declaring for the draft. But many of you obviously know about the new rule where athletes can declare for the draft and once they declare for the draft, They must pull out of the draft before a certain date to be able to continue to be eligible to return to their respective universities, where it used to be once you're declared, you're done. It's no coming back to your university. So there's a plethora of players on both the men's and the women's side that really weren't able to take advantage of the opportunity that could be the only opportunity that they get for them to play on the big stage for them to be scouted by these NBA teams, these WNBA teams, whatever professional teams were going to be out there to watch these guys because they're not the guys that usually play on the, on the ESPNs or the TNTs or wherever it is that most of these people get to get easier access to watch these athletes and players play. That'll eventually be future pros. So Being somebody that works for a mid-major myself, I really, really feel bad for those six seniors that I just mentioned earlier that won't get a chance to play in a conference tournament where even had they made it to the conference championship game, lost it, and didn't get the bid to go to the big dance that, that Big Sky Conference game was going to be on ESPNU. It was going to be on national television rather than Pluto TV, which is what they played on all year long. You come out and you have a big game, even if it is in an L, in a Big Sky Conference championship. Boy, what wonders could that do for you as a ball player and putting you on somebody else's radar because, as I mentioned, say your team did lose, but you went out there and scored 25 or you went out there and got a double-double. That particular team you lose to in the conference championship game obviously gets an automatic bid to go to the NCAA tournament. So now you have footage against a tournament team. Lord, please don't let that tournament team go and win a couple games in the NCAA tournament because now they're being looked at as a national treasure treasure of some sort. And you will be able to have film. You will be able to have footage. Or even if there's guys on that team that's becoming national treasures that nobody knew about until they started upsetting teams in the NCAA tournament, you've got footage against those guys. So when these scouts go and look up, hey, what has this dude been doing all year long? That's all of a sudden coming out and shining on this platform. That is March Madness. That is the NCAA tournament. And then they start to look into that Big Sky Conference Championship game or that WCC, whatever conference it is that you're in, championship game, and you were the guy that balled out against them on ESPN, ESPNU, you name it, Fox Sports, I don't give a damn, that then becomes a look that you will get professionally that you didn't get throughout the entire season leading up to that point, and now that you will not get because the damn coronavirus canceled March Madness. So I'm really in it right now. I'm really feeling for these athletes, for these players that won't get the opportunity to go out and really show and show up themselves and broadcast themselves in front of a grander audience that could really lead to them having a future that only they could have dreamed of, and that chance and opportunity just won't come. Now, with that being said, transitioning into the NBA NBA please make the right decision and just cancel the entire season right now the NBA is currently suspended and they're saying that the NBA will not return for at least 30 days we're already at March 13th right now so April 13th right around when playoff time usually starts for NBA basketball as I mentioned NBA be noble be responsible Make the respectable decision. Do not risk the health and well-being of the current athletes that you have in the NBA right now. And also, think about the future of the game. You're missing out on the grandest platform that you possibly have for to be able to see these athletes, essentially, that would have been on display in March Madness. You're not going to see them anymore. There's no Cinderella teams coming out this season. There's nobody that plays plays for a mid-major that'll now all of a sudden be on your radar because they balled out in their conference tournament or they were able to become a 13, 14, 15, 16 seed in the NCAA tournament, ball out against a team that has some national recognition or has a player that's already being scouted heavily or on draft boards, you name it. You don't have access to that anymore by way of March Madness. So with that being said, stop leaving your 30 organizations in confusion, 32 organizations, however many organizations you have, stop leaving them in confusion because by leaving them in confusion, they A, don't know whether to plan or prepare for a potential playoff run, for a potential extended season, you name it, or they don't know rather to prepare for an off season that'll be happening obviously this summer where they didn't have a national tournament to even start scouting guys that maybe wouldn't have been on their radar beforehand that now could add to being on their radar after being able to watch these guys display and do what they do on such a big level in a grand stage they don't have that anymore so it's twofold allow your players To rest up, relax, do what C.J. McCollum said, do. C.J. McCollum, I think, said something great. It was either on his podcast or his Twitter or something, but he basically told the athletes in the NBA, take the time to work on your lives outside of basketball while you have this break or whatever it is um, that the coronavirus, the suspension in the season that the coronavirus has to offer you right now with this league being as forward-thinking as it is, with this league being as influential as it is, if you can allow these players to, one, stay healthy, not catch the coronavirus, two, go out, work on their own well-beings, get themselves together, work on some of their um, off-the-court Things that they may have interest in. Allow them to go out there and become better people for the community, better people for society. Now it's gonna make your league look even better because these are the guys that exemplify what your league is because they play in it. Now you're allowing these front offices these front offices, and these executives for your different organizations throughout the league to be able to go take a little bit more of a deep dive because they didn't get the month of March to be able to help them expand on who it was that they may have possibly been scouting or wanting to see and give a shot during the offseason, whether it be NBA Summer League, whether it be signing them as a free agent or whether it be by way of the NBA draft. There is no reason for you to try to come back and squeeze a playoff run in for guys that haven't played in over a month at the end of the season just to, I would say, be greedy. And trust me, I hate to be a person that's advocating for no basketball, (laughs) play basketball all my life, still cover basketball to this day. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to see a potential LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. Western Conference Finals matchup. I'm not saying I wouldn't want to see the Greek freak potentially get to his first NBA Finals. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to see the young Boston Celtics come out and do their thing or see what this James Harden, Russell Westbrook tandem really is going to be and define themselves as in the playoffs. I'm not saying that I don't want to see any of that because clearly I do and everybody else does. But I do want to see the league be responsible. I do want to see the league continue to be forward thinking. I do want to see the league try to make up for some of the lost ground in some of these young athletes that will potentially be playing in the NBA in the future and try to keep the league league rocking and rolling as good as it possibly can, because March Madness is no longer on the table for the sport. I want to see this league really come together, do the right thing, cancel the season. We won't go anywhere. We're not going to boycott you next year because there's no more basketball. Hell, Steph Curry's coming back. Klay Thompson's coming back. Kevin Durant's coming back. We'll be back, too. (laughs) It's just going to happen that way. So I really, really do hope that uh, the NBA does the right thing. Like I said, my well wishes to players who have played their last college basketball game of the season unexpectedly and some the last college basketball game or just basketball game in general that legit means anything, anything of their lives and of their career. So shout out to the young Hoopers out there. NBA, go ahead and make the right decision. But before I get off this coronavirus subject, COVID-19, whatever it is that you want to call it. I got to talk about the issue around COVID and the homeless community. Many of you know, I am the vendor program manager at Street Roots. Um, We cover a lot socially. We cover a lot politically. Um, Our vendors, a good percentage of them are actually homeless, and they're the vendors that sell our newspaper publication that we release weekly. Um, I'm also a staff reporter for Street Roots, so I write for the paper as a freelance journalist, and I work there full time as the manager of the vendor program. And boy, do I got to say, I am really, really proud of my vendor program right now in this moment as we face COVID-19. Reason being, as a staff and with a couple of members of the vendor program we decided to put together a Street Roots Action Team. Now, some of you may say, hmm, what is a Street Roots Action Team? Basically, what it is, is we have a couple of vendors who both are currently unhoused. Hopefully, their circumstances circumstances change in the very near future. They're both currently unhoused, and they are co-chairs of this action team where We have people that send donations. Montenegro County is also sending donations. We essentially make these kits of hand sanitizer, ibuprofen, uh, tissue, just different things that could help with the prevention of this particular virus spreading. They go out to these camps where many of these people sleep at outside and they hand these kits to these people and they're even keeping track of how many people that they hand kits off to, how many people they interact with. They're giving us feedback based on whatever feedback they're getting while they're out at these camps and getting supplies to people that may not necessarily have access to supplies in general, probably can't afford to go in the store and purchase anything, really can't afford to go in the store and beat somebody else from purchasing anything because even for the, folks that can't afford store items, there's not any store items left for you. (laughs) So um, I'm really grateful to see what our vendors are out there doing, kind of taking the charge and really trying to fight for the narrative of Being a part of the solution, essentially, especially when it comes to the homeless community, because they are already perceived and stigmatized as not the cleanest group of people. So when you have people that stigmatize them as such and trolling on Twitter is one way that I could be able to prove that, because with the COVID action that we're taking, um, We've already had people troll us on Twitter saying that the homeless community is the community that's actually spreading the virus and is going to make the virus worse rather than the community that is taking action and really trying to be precautionary about things and ultimately prevent the virus from spreading. So we're also able to pay these folks a stipend. I want to be clear about that as well, because Um, Some people may look at it as all you guys are using the homeless people to try to do whatever it is that is in your brain that you think that we're doing. But, yes, our vendors also get paid a stipend to go out to these camps and do this work as well. So it's not free labor. So don't think of it as such, please. Um, But, yeah, we're really fighting for the narrative that we're here to prevent this thing from spreading we're here to show that the homeless community can actually be a helping hand in a situation and can actually be of legitimate value during this pandemic. That's probably soon to be an epidemic that we have going on. Somebody's probably already saying this an epidemic at this point, but our vendors are really going out there and doing their thing. They they're getting a lot of coverage right now because of it. Um, obviously, it's a really cool thing that they're going out and doing. KGW did a great story on our vendors yesterday. I thought that was really cool what they were able to do. And we've got a lot of people that are starting to back and support our organization because of the great work that we're doing on an advocacy front and even, I guess, in most cases, a direct services front. So really cool. there. really proud of the vendors. Um, and please don't stigmatize or perceive homeless people as people that can actually cause this whole situation to get worse, Um, because we're also beyond just us going out and giving people supplies in particular. We're also um, staying in touch with Multnomah County. We're reporting back to the county and we are doing every morning a meeting. We're having a meeting where we're giving updates on what the county wants, the community and wants the public to know what doctors and what, Uh, healthcare folks want the community to know as things continue to progress, hopefully for the better, but maybe not because things are definitely going downhill right now. But yeah, we're actually giving out accurate information to a group that's not necessarily privy to the best information either. So beyond just the supplies that folks are getting, The information that they're getting is very valuable and I think will help them out tremendously and help society out tremendously while everybody has their conspiracy theories, their bad opinions, their bad ideas and just their false information that they're out there dishing on on social media or in person to a co-worker, to a friend, whoever it is you may be talking to about COVID-19. So shout out to us for also being the actual news Um, And not just being folks who are supplying things to try and help out the unhoused community. Um, And lastly, if there's anything that I've had to say about the coronavirus, you already know, wash your hands, use your hand sanitizer, do all that good stuff. But the main thing that I really want to harp on is, hey, if you don't have flu like symptoms, if you don't have uh, symptoms that are being put out there as symptoms for folks that may potentially have the coronavirus please don't wear a mask. You don't wear a mask in your regular day-to-day life. You're gonna wanna be real handsy with that mask. You're not coughing, so it's not using any purpose. You are just touching stuff all over the place and you're touching a mask, which is right on your face, that was a bar, not intentional, but it is what it is. And now you've got all these germs on this mask that you're probably wearing for days at a time. Also, we're limited on mask anyway. So the people who need the mask, let's make sure we've got enough mask for them to wear so we don't catch what it is that they have because we don't want it and we don't want it to spread. So don't wear a mask unless you need to wear a mask because you're actually worsening the situation that you think you're preventing Because you're touching on your mask and yeah, your mask is kind of on your face. (laughs) So we don't need you to be touching stuff, bringing it to your face. And now you got exactly what you were trying not to get. Um, So that's all I got to say on the coronavirus. Um, But now let's transition into the culture. Let me take a quick swig of my drink first. It's a little bit different here, Tone, when you're just talking by yourself the whole time. (laughs) Tone's over there working on his music right now. He's got his headphones in. He didn't hear a word that I just said to him. (laughs) But it's all good, though. But let me take a quick swig. Man, you going on. I'm going on. I'm the only one here to go on. That's why. (laughs) I think play by play helped me out with this and having hosted a three hour radio show before that definitely will make a difference. But uh, let me get into this Meg, the stallion, J Prince, 1501 records, Carl Crawford. Some of you may remember Carl Crawford, ex MLB player. Um, and before I get into this whole Meg thing, first, I want to be sure to give Meg, the stallion, her flowers <laughs> Um, I think she deserves it. I think she has represented something in the culture that is very, very necessary. It's something that we have certainly needed being a black woman in the hip hop game, being able to reach mainstream heights, um, being able to kind of diversify her music and diversify her sound, which I'll get into that here in a minute. But just being somebody that has really, truly um, brought light to women in general because there's so many of y'all hot girls out there. I'm not just talking about the female rappers, y'all hot girls and whatever it is that y'all do right now. But kudos to y'all. I'm not here to hate. And in fact, I'm here to more so congratulate because I think Megan is doing her thing because of it. Megan also, I think, has really grown into a mega enough of an artist to where, Rap is already universal. Rap can get you into other lanes and avenues that are in a universal as well. Let me be clear though just because one genre is universal and another genre is universal does not mean that they have the same universal impact. There's a difference. Rap is certainly universal. Rap has definitely been able to cross many, many barriers that other sounds of music that are universal. Also, may or may not have been able to pass or break or whatever you want to say to those particular barriers. Um, but Meg, you think about the last two mega rap stars that were women. Obviously, Nicki Minaj would be the first come to, to come to mind. Nicki Minaj became a rap star, did what she did, rocking with the Young Money Cash Money group, Lil Wayne Drake and all those guys. And then it came a point in time where Nicki Minaj got so mega and so big that she changed her entire sound and she ultimately went went pop. (laughs) She received a lot of criticism for it, but hey, who am I to blame her? I know it was a bag out there for her to get and she went and got it, but she went pop essentially and really represented that world. Now you look at Cardi B, Cardi B, somebody who also came up in the rap game and now has utilized rap to diversify her sound and allow her to become prominent in the Latin music world. Cardi, we hear on a lot of those bad bunny Latin music, like records. She makes some of her own. Um, we have seen Cardi kind of take that route and really hone in on it. And I think it's been doing well for her. I think pop did well for Nicki Minaj, regardless if you want to criticize her or not for going pop um, Latin music, that type of music is doing really well for Cardi B, and I think now Megan The Stallion very, very recently um, kind of threw herself into a genre of music that I also think has become a universal sound. did not get enough credit for it, but nonetheless is doing the numbers and has the sound that I firsthand have gotten to see work amongst a diversified group of people, amongst people that may not necessarily look like or represent the people that actually make this particular music. And I talked about it a little while back. I think it was on the episode when Kobe passed away because we also had the Grammys discussion on here because Kobe passed away on the night of the gra- or the morning that the Grammys were taking place. But I talked about neo soul and I talked about how the Grammys essentially were out of touch because the Grammy should have just made a category called the neo soul category. And the reason why I really thought they should have did that because the best rap album of the year was Igor by Tyler, the creator and the best R and B album of the year was Ventura by Anderson pack. And I thought both of those albums could have actually been categorized as neo soul albums. And had they been categorized as neo soul albums, they probably both would have been under that category, which means you have another black artist that will be winning in another category. You'll have other black artists that will be nominated in that particular category. And somebody who also would have had a chance to win the best rap album of the year and the best R&B album of the year would have gotten that done because Tyler and Anderson, which I think were very well deserving of winning a Grammy, just not the particular Grammys that they won, ended up winning best rap and R&B album of the year. But I think those albums could have went head to head and met and faced off with each other as nominees for the best neo soul album. Now looping that back into Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion recently hopped on a record called Fucking Around with Phony People. It was my first time hearing Megan. She rapped, but she sort of went away from kind of that ratchet hood sound that we know her to have as an artist and as a rapper and jumped on a much more soulful song and a neo-soul type of a record if you just straight up ask me and it was my first time here on it hearing her on it I was pleased with what she did um, I was even more pleased because she was able to stay black while doing it like I mentioned Cardi not knocking Latin music by any stretch of the imagination but when she expanded her sound and went into another lane of music that was still universal and and still diversified who she was as an artist. She went the Latin route. Nikki more so went kind of the white poppy type of a route when she expanded beyond just rap music, which, like I said, is all fine and I'm not opposed to. But to see Megan kind of expand and diversify her profile as an artist by going to a genre of music that's still universal, but yet still black, I think that's something to really be commended for. Now, with that being said, (laughs) Megan Thee Stallion, you're wrong. You are 100% absolutely wrong. Here's the reason why you're wrong, Megan Thee Stallion. For one, under any circumstances of signing a contract, I don't think coming out and saying that you didn't read or you didn't know that particular things were in that contract does not go against the label the independent label in this case that offered you that particular contract you just did handle things wrong you handle business wrong now I'm not here to play the game of how your mother was involved in that or anything because I know she's passed away and I know Jay Prince made a comment about her actually being able to read because Jay Prince and Carl Crawford and the 1501 crew don't necessarily think that they gave Megan a bad deal but after Megan went and started being managed by Rock Nation they said hey Megan you got a couple things in your contract here that uh, you might need to take a look at and see if you can renegotiate with them. Now here's another reason why Megan was wrong because Megan actually Contradicted herself in this entire situation. I, I, I've been watching it and I've been following it, and this is why I said I'm glad that I didn't discuss this particular topic before we got to kind of hear all sides and all parties on multiple platforms. When Megan initially came out and did the Instagram live stream, I watched it, and Megan clearly stated either I got hearing problems. And I'm kind of saying it. I'm not saying it verbatim, I'm paraphrasing here. But what I took away from that Instagram live was that Megan said once she spoke with Rock Nation's management, with her management over at Rock Nation, I should say, once she spoke with them, once she talked with them, she felt that she can come back to 1501 and negotiate what it was that she wanted to negotiate because they were family, they were so close, they had such a good relationship, they were together. That's what I heard on the Instagram Live. Now, you fast forward to a week later, and Megan Thee Stallion goes on the Breakfast Club and says, On the Breakfast Club, basically, you know, Carl Crawford and I really didn't have a relationship, I had a relationship with. The T Ferris fella, but me and Carl Crawford, like I didn't really talk to him. I didn't really speak with him. So now you're contradicting yourself because you want a guy that when it fits your narrative, to say that you had a familial-like relationship with him, and now that everything is out in the public and you two are going up against each other, you're denying that you had as close or as deep of a relationship with this guy that you claimed to have when you wanted that particular story to fit your narrative and you wanted people to support you because allegedly you couldn't drop any music based on the label say so. Since then, she's obviously dropped that album, Sugar, EP, whatever she wants to call it, Sugar. She's dropped that. But um, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. I mean, you, you got that out there and you're basically saying then we're all close. So we should have been able to renegotiate. And now that is kind of like, fuck you from both sides. Uh, y'all wasn't really my friends and my people anyway. You kind of stumbled yourself up right there, Megan. And then lastly, um, I just want to touch on the Jay Prince element. Megan, you got to be careful. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, this Jay Prince dude got some respect out here in these streets. And uh, you got to know that. And while you're getting the law involved and while you're going up against a guy who's definitely respected in the streets and definitely respected by the crowd that you tend to rap for or have rapped for since you jumped in the game before, you kind of launching into this other universal sound, which is Neo Soul that I already mentioned, you still rapping for the hood, Megan. You still rapping for the streets. So with that being said, you kind of got to still move and live by a certain code. I'm not saying for you to get messed over or for you to get did in and not to file a grievance or a lawsuit or whatever it is that you filed against 1601, especially um, when it came to you being able to release your music, but you at least have to have something sufficient enough for us to defend you on, and you just haven't quite necessarily showed that yet. Because like I said, A, you've been contradicting yourself, and B, you flat out said you didn't know really what was in the contract. So that's not enough to stand on for people who respect this street dude, N.J. Prince, and you to want to go up against him and have them tag along with you, especially as a woman in a game. It's unfortunate that I have to even include that part, but it is what it is. So with that being said, Megan, be careful with the game that you're playing because your music is great. You've had respect from so many people in the culture. You've had respect from so many people that you tend to tailor your music for. Sugar, I thought, was a lot more of that same type of music that you've been making that got you to this point. I know you didn't just finish that album, or I know that it's been a long time that you've been working on that, probably since before these negotiation, these negotiation issues even became a thing. But just kind of watch how you moving, or you're going to really have to lean in, to that neo-soul sound where J Prince ain't necessarily in your way as far as being able to make the kind of music that you've been making and being able to keep respect from the culture and the fan base that consumes that particular type of music. So like I said, I respect the queen, but uh, she's a little off on this one and I'm not necessarily respecting or feeling how she's moving in this particular situation, but I still rock with you, Megan, and I'm wishing everybody the best, all parties the best, as far as these negotiation terms are concerned and everybody's future. But now, before we close it all, close it all out, I got to do my take and L segment. I got to talk about Rudy Gobert. Yes, we're going back to the coronavirus, but I didn't get to key in on Rudy Gobert earlier. So for the take and losses segment, Rudy Gobert, you play too much. <laughs> And I hope everybody has learned a lesson from Rudy Gobert after what he has done. First, going up and taunting the media and touching every microphone because you're trying to downplay the fact that the coronavirus is a real thing. Now you get tested for the coronavirus. You're positive. Then everybody starts shutting their leagues down because the NBA, which is obviously um, the most forward thinking league, as I mentioned before, in American sports, had to shut its league down, and by them shutting their league down, everybody else is going to follow suit because the NBA leads the way, and it's all fine, and that makes sense. Now it gets worse, and your teammate Donovan Mitchell now has the coronavirus. So now the black people that thought that they were exempt from having the coronavirus can't even feel superior anymore because. Donovan Mitchell got the coronavirus now. And yes, they were. There were black people out there saying, hey, we don't get the coronavirus. We are immune to the coronavirus. Well, I don't wish the coronavirus on anybody, but I am glad that one of us got it. Not because of not for the sake of having it, but for the sake of killing that narrative, we got to start taking our health a little bit more seriously than that because we'll end up looking like a bunch of Rudy Gobert's if we don't do so. And we already have a healthcare system that doesn't necessarily favor us. So Rudy Gobert, you're the guy who's taking an L here today because you just got to do better, man. You got to be smarter. You got to think a little more wiser than you thought this time around. And you can't just be passing off stuff to my peoples, man. So Rudy Gobert, you're taking an L. With that being said... I'm tired. I'm out of breath a little bit. I'm about to take another swig of my drink and uh, I'm going to get out of here because I'm the only one talking into this microphone now, but I just needed to get some things off of my chest today. So I'm glad I got it done. Um, You all know what it is. Subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Continue to tune in to this here very podcast. We appreciate your support, everything you do for us. We appreciate your feedback, especially. And we ain't going nowhere no time soon. So, with that being said, be safe, wash your hands, make sure you're um, doing too much rather than not enough when it comes to trying to prevent the spreading of the coronavirus. Um, I don't mind you if you're washing your hands too much In fact, I don't necessarily trust you If you're not one of them people walking around with ashy hands right now Because you've been utilizing too much soap and water I'm here for the ashy hand movement right now My hand's a little ashy myself because I've been washing them all day With that being said, we are going to leave y'all the only way that we know how And that is to give it your all in whatever it is that you do And to stay woke and go in.